0: Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice. And it also has strategies and tips from the experts without the fluff. Your host is Caroline Belinska. She's a Shopify education partner with the Shopify approved course 1000 sales and beyond. And she's the founder of justaskparker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. She has over 15 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce. In the podcast, she'll share her knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Caroline Belinska. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Belinska. And today I have a lovely guest with us called Belinda Ellsworth. Belinda is a lovely, lovely, lovely super entrepreneur who I ran into not that long ago. And I was on her podcast. So I do have the link there as well to Belinda's podcast. She has the podcast to work from your happy place, which was fantastic to be on her podcast. And after speaking to her privately, I said, we need to get her on here because Belinda definitely has a lot to share with all of my audience. It's going to help you a lot. We're coming into 2020. I know that's very scary to think that we're about to start the new year and I want you all to start in the right way. I have so many coaching clients that are trying their best to make things happen, but until they have some accountability and they have some real goals, they're never able to achieve what they want to achieve. And that's really where Belinda will be able to help you greatly understand what you're doing wrong and how to make it right. So Belinda's background is about working with many, many different companies over the years. She's worked with startups to multi-million dollar powerhouses. So it's going to be great to learn a lot from Belinda. She's also been one of the best-selling authors for the franchise for Dummies, the Dummies series that we all know about. So she can definitely help us talk about goals, think about goals, how to set them, and how to get ready for 2020. Here's a quick word from our sponsors, Gorgeous, who might use every day in our business, Just Ask Parker.
1: Hey, it's Lucas Walker from Gorgeous. Are you using us for your e-commerce help desk yet? You might want to take a quick look if keeping your customers happy and profitable is something that's important to you coming into the new year. If you visit gorgeous.link slash askparker, that's gorgeous spelt like the philosopher G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot link slash askparker, we'll hook you up with your second month for free. If you don't know about Gorgeous, we are the number one rated help desk on the Shopify app store. And for good reason, we're built for e-commerce right out of the gate. What does this mean? Data like your customer's most recent order, tracking numbers, and a lot of integrations are with all the major apps are pulled into your dashboard right out of the box. So visit gorgeous.link askparker, that's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot askparker and get your second month free today.
2: So Belinda, thank you for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. I'm excited to be here and to be able to share with your audience. That's wonderful. Look, I
0: loved being on your podcast and talking to you. You've definitely got the best personality when it comes to motivation and getting people motivated, but also making them feel like they have to have accountability for what they do. So that's why it's going to be fantastic for you to share those tips and tricks with my audience as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about
2: you and your background? before we get into some questions. Certainly. Well, I have worked in sales for the last 40 years. So I started very, very young and started as a sales rep for a variety of different companies. I was able to excel in those even at a very, very young age and just learn things that were extremely helpful for me going forward in my career. I worked in the field of direct selling for about 16 years as a sales rep, a leader, building a large organization. And then in 1995, I founded Step Into Success, which is a full-service boutique for consulting, speaking, motivation, a variety of products from leadership to everything to how to do sales effectively. And it is geared predominantly toward the direct sales industry. I've received several awards in that industry as well as being the best selling author of Direct Selling for Dummies, which was super exciting. But three years ago, I just decided that, you know, throughout the time I worked predominantly, I'd say 90% with direct sales companies, but I have been a guest speaker at Ford Motor Company for a variety of other different companies that have sales organizations that are sales focused. And really the same message transcends to anyone who is really working in that space or who is setting goals, who's trying to achieve something, better their life make their workspace a lot happier. And so we started the podcast Work From Your Happy Place because we wanted to encompass all different people In this entrepreneurship journey, as well as those that just want to love what they do. And so that's been an exciting journey. It's broadened my horizons. It's been sort of a new brand for us, and that is Work from Your Happy Place. And I've met some really great people along the way. But what I have found, what's been my greatest discovery in that, is working with a complete new audience. And understanding that these basic principles that I've been teaching for almost 40 years do transcend across all levels of any area. Like I found that people have said, oh my gosh, this has been so helpful even in sales and goal setting and time management, all the things that are really important to be successful, whether that is at your regular day job that you have, whether that is with your family and how you want to be more successful with that, enjoying your life and being more organized and making more time for the things that you love to do. But it really transcends across all levels. So, It's been an exciting journey and one that I feel like after having a 40 plus year career is kind of starting all over and is exciting and fresh and new. And I'm going through some of the same things that people that are just starting their business for the first time are experiencing. So I feel like I I have a lot to share in both of those capacities and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's where we
0: really connected last time we spoke. And one thing that I guess... A lot of people listening to this, my audience really is e-commerce people. And I think a lot of people that I have personally spoken to that follow my podcast, that they're all in the same sort of situation where they've had some sort of success in the past with whatever they've done, whether it be raised children successfully or worked in a successful job position, but now they're ready to move into something else. Some people are actually in a part of their life where they've never had that real success that they wanted to have, and now it's time that they do that. So we sort of have those both sides, but I guess everyone has that in common that success is their goal. And I think that's why, you know, having you on here is fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about what success actually is and how do you craft a success story for yourself?
2: Absolutely. Well, success really is, I I teach in my my seminars, it's an achievement of something you have predetermined in your mind. And, And better simply put, it is an achievement of the goals. Be set, and I think so often that people get wrapped up in success because when I ask people, "Are you successful with your business?" "So are you successful with your business?" The number one answer that I usually get from people is a blank stare or that pause where they just don't know how to answer. There's a hesitation, and then they say, "Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I have, I'm having fun with this. I'm liking what I'm doing. I, I mean, I'm not like this person or this person." But I, I guess so. I'm not sure. And that's the number one answer. And so what that means to me is that people really haven't identified what the picture of success looks like for them. And that really is in simple terms of just setting some of those basic goals or having a vision. Or what do you want to achieve? And when we don't do that, it's very easy to get trapped into comparing yourself to others and not feeling good about yourself because you aren't as successful as someone else that you might see. And then that really brings us down or makes us feel like what's the point or I'm working this hard and I'm not getting anywhere when in reality, you are doing a great job. You just haven't really identified what it looks like. Now, it's very difficult to craft a success story for yourself if you haven't identified what's the picture of success look like. Meaning, are you wanting to make enough extra money to pay for some of your just basic bills? Are you looking to make a certain, is there an income bracket that you want to make? Is there a certain amount of sales that you want to see? Is there an increase in productivity that you would love to see and that would help you to feel successful? But I really think it's tied to if I were here, what would that gain me? What would I be able to do because of this? What would that look like? And how would that affect my life? And that's where it really gets into vision. And you really have to have that strong vision. and i'll I'll speak to the difference between vision and goal setting here in just a moment. But talking going back to the success story, it's the fire in your belly. It's what gets you up every day. We can set goals which are actionable, measurable steps which kind of get us to that that end result. But if we don't know what that end result is, if we don't have a clear picture in our mind like what would my life look like? What would that mean to me? And maybe there's some things like if my business is successful, then we could finally move or this is the home I really envision that I would like to live in or if I made know, $8,000 a month, this is what that would look like for us, and we would be able to do. I would be able to pay this. I would be able to do this. I would be able to send my kids to this private school or whatever that looks like. But if you don't have something that you're attaching that to, then A, you don't get up in the morning with that fire in your belly. Because if you just get up going, okay, I need to make 10 calls today... You can either feel like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, or you know what, I just don't feel like it today, or what difference is it really gonna make anyway? But if you have it attached to, every day if I make these 10 calls, that's going to get me here. And you have that vision and vision boards are really important as well. And then when you start to achieve that, you, people say, Hey, how's your business going? You know what? It's going great. I'm trying to increase by 10%. I'm doing that every single month. I'm loving what I do. I love my customers. I'm making enough income now that we can afford this. And then people go, wow, that is awesome. Tell me more. Versus, well, you know, it's going okay. I'm not like some of these other people online, or I haven't been doing it long enough to really see what's happening. And when we are backtracking, when we're backpedaling, when we're telling a story that doesn't attract people or create enthusiasm for why they would want to do business with us, then you don't have that success story. So it's super important.
0: I love that, Belinda. I wrote down a couple of notes while you were talking. I love that you said fire in your belly. I love that. And the uh, other one was attach your success to something. I hear constantly from people that say to me, I want to make $1 million a year in my business. And always gives me this little, I don't know, rubs me up the wrong way. And I think that that might be where it's coming from is what you said. It's not attached to something. It's just this number. And uh, do you have something to say about that? Like the, the, that, that, that number of 1000000000 million dollars, what does that actually represent?
2: Well, what does it represent? I think that the reason why people get hung up on that is there's all these groups out there and I've seen them my my whole life. Like, oh, when you have a million dollar team or a million dollar group or a million dollar organization, you know, a million dollars. And I've even taught that. How do you have a million dollar team? You really got to break that down. But then again, what will that look like? If you had a million dollar organization, what would you be making or what would you be able to do then? What would that look like for your family? How would that make it easier for your family? You know, what would that represent for you? Because if you don't have any of that and then you finally hit it, first of all, that's where goals come in. It's like those benchmarks. You can't just say, I want a million dollar business. So that kind of gets into the whole vision thing. So here's what I would like my life to look like. And it could even be, like I said, it could be a house. It could be, it could be more time with your family. Like you could see yourselves taking a vacation where you just are, you have more time to do the things you enjoy and you're not running this rat race. Or it could be, you know, we really need a new home and this is where I would like to live. This is the actual place I'd like to live, the neighborhood. Here's a picture of a house and what I see that that looks like. And then you figure out like, what's that going to take? I remember a gal I had in one of my conferences and I was asking everybody, okay, I want everybody to share their vision. And everybody was real hesitant to raise their hand. And then this one gal said, I'll raise my hand. And this is a stupid one. And I said, oh, wait a minute. No, there's no stupid vision because it's yours. It's not what I think about it. It's not what she thinks about it. It's all yours. And so there is no stupid vision. She said, well, we bought a new house." And the floors are horrific in it. Like I don't even want my small children crawling on the ground because it's so disgusting. And she said, we've lived there now. My goal was to put new flooring in in the entire house. And now we've lived there almost two years, a year and a half, and we haven't done anything. And I don't know how to get there. And I said, okay, well, what kind of flooring do you want in each room? Have you figured that out? What's the square footage? What is that going to cost? Have you figured out what it's going to take? What do you need to work? How much do you need to sell? What activity like for you in order to have the extra to make that happen? I said, you need a blueprint like of your house on your wall. And you need to go out and look at like, okay, here's my living room. What would I want in my living room? Do you want carpet in your living room? Do you want hard floors in your living room? do you want tile? What do you want? And then say, okay, take a picture of it. Go out to the store, pick it out. Make sure you measure your living room before you go. That's a square footage. What will this cost me? You get an estimate. You come home, you put the picture of how you envision that living room floor, you put the estimate up there and you're like, okay, what is the work going to take? what's the money I need to make to have that happen? And I want you to go home and put that blueprint on your wall of each room in your house. And I want you to go start shopping and just go with your measurements and just get your estimates and figure out and take a picture of what that product looks like. So you can see that on your wall and envision it in your home, walking on it, your kids crawling on it, whatever the case is. And she was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So then I said, I'm going to check back with you in six months. In six months, she had already completed two rooms in her house. For a year and a half, she did none. And now she's fired up and she knows exactly what it's going to take to finish the rest of the house versus just spinning your your wheels like a hamster on a wheel and not really having a vision or having anything carry you every day. So that's probably the best visual I can give of that. That's fantastic.
0: So that's really the goal setting. And we've both spoken about this privately. So Let's just go into a little bit more detail about that from a business perspective. So from that perspective of a personal side, it's really good to do exactly what you just said, but what does that look like and why is it so important for achieving success when it comes to your business as well?
2: Well, like I said, you need to have that vision. So you're attached to something and this is where I see it going. And you know what makes me so excited is not only is 2020 a new year, but it is a new decade as well. And I always get super excited about that because I really believe in setting like 10 year goals and saying, okay, this is where I see myself in 10 years. And then in five years and in three years, that's, that's very helpful for you because when you don't achieve it tomorrow, you know that, okay, here's what I'm striving for. And then you can back your goals out to be, you know, quarterly and then monthly and then and weekly and daily and so on. And I do think all of that is extremely important. You have to have that vision. But then the goals are the actionable, measurable steps to get you. What do I need to do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly to make that happen? And if you sit down with people and ask them to see what their goals are, you will find that right now the statistics show that less than 10% of people have any goals set for themselves whatsoever. When I first started speaking about 25 years ago, and I would ask an audience or poll an audience or do statistics, it was about 25%. And we've seen that over the years decrease every single year. You know, probably 10 years ago, it was average about 13%. And now it's less than 10. And I've really spent the last couple of years trying to identify, you know, why is that? Why suddenly... When we know that you've got to have a goal, it's like having a roadmap. If I invited you to a great party and said, oh, I'm going to have the most fabulous party at my house, you know, Caroline, I want you to come. And that's all I said. Well, you would need to know how to get there. You would need to know the directions to the house. You you would need a map. You would need a plan. Then you'd follow that and you would get here. Most people equate today to that, to GPS. You'd put it under your GPS and you would follow it. But when you don't have a goal, when you don't have a destination in mind, you can't plug in any coordinates. You have nothing to plug into. So you'll stay in the same place. You're never going to be moving forward. And so when we ask people, why do you not set goals? The number one answer that we've gotten for years and years and years is, well, you know, this is just a side hustle for me. I just do this part time. I just do this on the side. This is sort of a sideline thing for me. And it's like, okay, but what is your goal for your sideline then? What's your goal for your side hustle? You know, what's that look like then for you? So saying that it just is part-time means that it's not significant. It has no real meaning. I don't really care whether I make it or not. And I would think anybody, even if they're doing a side hustle or starting slow with their business, it's like, it still matters. Mm -hmm. I always say, if you're going to be a hobbyist at something, then be the best hobbyist you can be. Figure out, okay, I'm going to do this as a hobby. And so how can I get better at being at at this hobby? You know, if you're going to do your business as a hobby, that's okay. But how can you be really good at it? You know, it takes practice. It takes showing up. It takes doing it. It takes talking about it. But you have to have something in mind or you have nowhere that you're heading toward. You won't even start. You'll stay in the same place. And the second reason, and this is the one that is like actually even becoming, taking precedence over the first one. And this is the one that's scary. And that we've really done quite a bit of research and and looked into this, but it's the fear of failure. People are like, well, if I never set a goal that I've never failed, I'm like, yes, but that's their number one reason today. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll never experience the sweetness of success either. They go hand in hand. And really, there is no failure, you know, and that's why uh, there's a real common phrase out there is fail forward. Because like, let's just talk about sales, because that's been my background forever. And let's just say you wanted to do a have a million dollar business, we'll go back to your original question. That means that you need to do about $100,000 a month. I have always set my goals on a 10 month cycle, and it gives me two months as a grace period. And whatever industry you're in, that Two months could be December, January, but that might be a hot time for you. It could be July, August, it could be whatever. But typically every industry will have a downtime. And it's usually a one or two month cycle that is not as stellar as the rest of them. And it just depends on what your industry is. So I always say, you know what? Just make it real simple on yourself. Set your goals on a 10 month cycle and you give yourself two grace months. So if you want a million dollar business, then shoot for a hundred thousand dollars a month. So that is one of the first goals that you want to set. But the thing is, so what if you sold $80,000 in that first month? Have you failed? No, because you sold more than 50 or you sold more than 30. You have something that you're aiming toward and that's not failure. You just adjust and say, okay, I saw what that felt like to get 70 or 80. So now what can I do more of? What should I do less of? What was the thing that really drove me to getting closer to that? And I need to do more of that. So that's what gets you there. It's getting in. It's setting a goal. It's trying it. It's trying different things. There is no failure. And so I think that people, at least what I've read, this fear of failure really comes from this world of social media, where you're in a fishbowl almost and everybody's looking in and everybody knows what you're doing. And really, actually nobody really is paying that much attention or really cares, but somehow we feel like if we put it out there and then the whole world is watching and waiting to watch us fail, when in fact, They're, they're not, they're just like moving on. They don't even think twice about, oh, I didn't even see you post that. Oh yeah. Oh, did you do that? Oh, well, good for you for trying or good for you for doing that. I, I really admire you. Like people are just really usually happy for people or don't even think about you. And it's just amazing to me, but there is this fear of failure is actually paralyzing people to sit in the exact same place and do absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking of so many of my clients that are in that situation. So I I agree. And we're coming into January and we all know January the 1st is the day that we all set our goals for the year and everyone wants to, you know, be a millionaire, lose weight, stop smoking, (laughs) stop drinking, whatever it might be. I'm not a big believer in that. I always like to do it in that way of like, let's start the year, right? But then I also have this thing of, no, I want to make sure that I do it at a different time. So I usually do it at a different time of the year. I've got a three month calendar I work on, but there's a lot of people who set these goals, whether it's on the first day of January or whenever it is, but they abandon these goals along the way and they give up after a month or maybe three months. What is a reason for
2: that? So interesting enough, statistics show just like as a New Year's resolution, like when people are just <laughs> at a party and probably had a little too much to drink and then asking somebody else, what's your New Year's resolution? And, and there hasn't been a lot of thought that goes into it and they make it in the moment. That usually lasts for people at most, at most three weeks. At three weeks, 90% of people have abandoned their New Year's resolution. But There are other people that will say, okay, I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to set a goal for the new year. And then usually those people within, I would say for sure, three months, usually sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's 60 days, but like within 90 days, I would say that probably 70% of people have abandoned that goal. And the thing is, is you can say something, I want something, but then now you need to back it out. So that's why you have this goal, and let's say it is a year goal. For 2020, this is what I would like to achieve. But then you you do need to break that down and you need to say, okay, what's that look like for me quarterly? Just like you said, you tend to work on a quarterly basis. I'd like to work on a quarterly basis as well because otherwise the life gets away from you. And it's very difficult for you to focus. And focus is one of the four pillars of success, period focus. So if we don't really have something, then we're not focused on anything. So you take that and you say, okay, here's a year. Okay, now quarterly, what's that look like for me? Okay, now what does that mean that I need to achieve monthly? These are all actionable, measurable steps that you want to say monthly in my calendar, I'm going to do this, monthly. And then so what's that mean? Each week, what would I want that to look like? Like if you're doing lives even on Facebook or with your social media, what campaigns do you want to do? So if you want to create a campaign in a quarterly basis, and then what do I do to support that campaign for each one of those months? And then you'll break that down to weekly. And that usually comes in with like the lives that you want to do or emails that you're going to send. And I'm talking to a lot of people with e-commerce right now. You could work this out with family life as well with whatever it is that you're trying to do. But then you actually want to break that down to daily. What are you going to do daily? I teach a a program that I've taught for like 25 years now. It's called uh, the Power Hour. And we really talk about having one strong hour in your day where you power it up and break it into four 15-minute increments. And this is where focus really comes in. And this is like an exercise that helps people to focus in. And then For a lot of people, they'll say that was easy and I'll start doing it more. But if you identify your four income producing activities and you say, I'm going to do these for 15 minutes, four days a week or five days a week, I'm going to do it no matter what, you will start to do the things that you probably don't enjoy as much. Because for all of us, if you were to pick four things, there's probably one of them that you're weak at or you don't enjoy and you always end up leaving it off. You know, you always end up making it last and then you never do it. So it's really important and and it's really interesting because I've been teaching this for so long and I've morphed it a little bit along the way, but it really is amazing if you will start to look at your day in 15-minute increments and power it up like, okay, I've got 15 minutes. What can I do? I think with time management, everybody looks at, I need a two-hour window or I need a half a day or I need this many days. To get this done. It's interesting because you won't get it done or you'll take all four days and then you, you did nothing. But if you say, okay, what can I do in the next 15 minutes? What can I make happen? And We've done this exercise. We do it with our family. We do it with almost everything. Like even my, I have a 15 year old, and she just turned 15, but she's been doing it since she's been 10. She'll say, "Okay, mom, you know, if I say three times, oh, I gotta go do this, oh, I've got to do this, or I've got to pack, I've got to pack." We were going over to Europe, and we were going to go for two week vacation, and I just kept saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got to pack every day," and it was I was running out of days, and I was running out of time. And she goes, "Okay, mom, you got 15 minutes, go." I'm timing you right now. I <laughs> love <it. laughs> I know. And what was so funny is I packed for a two-week European vacation in pretty much 15 minutes. So we can make amazing things happen, but we don't make ourselves do it. Now, it's interesting because we have a really great tool that I created about three years ago. It's our planner. You know, I love planners. And I really wanted to create a planner for salespeople. Like, okay. And so we put in a day, these four little check boxes and they are for your power hour. And then on the stat page, we have how many power hours did you do this month? So all you have to do is go count them up. And one lady said, I've been teaching this for 15 years. I, I heard you teach it. I've been teaching it to my sales organization for 15 years. I will tell them, oh, I do this three times a week. And she goes, and I believed in my head that I did. Like, I honestly would say that to people. And then when I got your planner and I actually had to check the boxes off and then go back each month and like count up how many did I actually do? She said, I was doing three in an entire month. And I was like, like what happened to me? I got out of the habit. And and goals are about creating really good habits for yourself. And, and so she said, I just went back to doing my four 15-minute increments, my power hour three times in a week and she goes, my business doubled this year. So it's really interesting how we treat time management and how we treat goals and they kind of go hand in hand. We want to be efficient with our time, but we waste a whole bunch of time. Like I always say, how many 15 minute increments do you waste in a day? You know, if you sleep for eight hours, you've got 64 of them. How many did you power up and how many did you waste? And it really causes me, to look, I've got 15 minutes, what can I make happen? And you can, instead of procrastinating and putting things off, you you can actually grocery shop in 15 minutes. I know everybody's like, no way, you can. I've gone in and spent $300 grocery shopping and done it in about 15 minutes. Like, there's so much we can do if we identify it and and say to ourselves, I'm doing this versus, oh, oh, you know, I got to do laundry and just putting laundry off until you've got seven loads instead of doing laundry in 15 minutes, which you, you seriously can, you put it in, you move it. It doesn't take more than 15 minutes to move it and fold it. When you're pulling it out of the, the dryer, it takes you about 15 minutes to fold a load of laundry as you're pulling it out of the dryer, not even putting it in a basket. And it's like, then you don't live out of your basket for a week. It's like really mind blowing. So I would like to really encourage your <laughs> listeners to uh, adopt that program because it's huge. But that gets into them daily, you know, and even in an hour, what am I going to do? So that's where goals really come to play. Now, why do people abandon them? Because they don't seriously get attached to them. You have to be able to see them. You need to tell other people about them. So those are kind of like the big ones. I've got a big goal. You need to tell other people about it because that helps you to be accountable to yourself. You need to write it down and put it in a place where you can see it. I'm big on vision boards. We actually created a vision board in our planner so that in the very front of your planner, you've got your vision board of what's important to you for this year. And then, okay, and then you can constantly, every day you're looking at it, go back and visit that. What have I done today? What have I done today to get me there? And when you start to realize that, you realize, oh, wow, I haven't haven't done much. You know, I used to teach and I still teach. There's a difference in teaching and doing. And I used to do it. And throughout my, you know, career, I of 40 years of being in sales. I have done it and not done it. And you get lazy or we get out of a habit or we take that time and we interject something else. But, you know, I was just, just teach, make 10 phone calls in a day, no matter what, reach out to 10 of your clients reach out to 10, you know, make 10 calls. And those are somebody that you really want to connect with that you've never met. Somebody, a customer. I usually break it down and up to my four income producing activities. So new business, current business, customer care, just following up, say, Hey, how's it going? You know, Hey, I'd love to ask you what your experience has been with this, get testimonials, whatever. So, and those are important, but I kind of gotten away from it. So Recently, I'm just like, just going to do the 10 a day period, like mix them up, just focus on 10 calls a day for the day's over. I need to make 10 calls. And some of those are going to be left message, but I started doing it again. And it is absolutely mind blowing that if you would just do it at what you get. And yeah, I left three or four messages. People did get back to me. So I reached out to 10 people either by direct messenger, by phone, by an email and I'm blown away at just the the business. I've gotten some great testimonials. I've had people order. I booked a speaking engagement from it just in five days of going back and doing it. And I'm like, why, why, why? If we know something works, do we abandon it? And I think we fill it up with other stuff. We get busy. And so I would just encourage people to say, what 10 people can I reach out to today? And force yourself to really think. And it can be your current customers because we don't pay enough attention to them. Um, we're always looking for new. You, know, you can divide that up with a certain percentage of that. It should be like a third. And then when you start getting deep into your power hour, you can say, I'm going to spend 15 minutes just looking for new customers. I'm going to spend 15 minutes talking to my current customers. I'm going to spend 15 minutes writing a blog post or whatever is going to help your business move forward. But it's, it's people. People help your business move forward. You could have the greatest product in the whole wide world. And if no one knows about it and no one's buying it, and more importantly, no one sees it, you're not going to sell it. And it could be the most phenomenal product in the world. And so, you know, one of the things I had on my wall forever is see the people. And that reminded me, who have I seen today? Who have I talked to today? Who have I connected with today? I love seeing people in person, but today's world is more global. We've got social media that allows us to see and meet thousands of people. So I probably don't spend as much time on that, but who have you connected with today? You know, we need to connect with people and that will drive most all of your goals forward. But we want to sit at our computer. We want to create new material and content's great, you know, content's king. However, if nobody sees your content, it isn't going to matter. And so your part of your goal should be who can I connect with today? And I would say start with a list of ten and keep track of that and who called you back and who didn't and after three days, if you haven't heard back from the person, try again and maybe try a different format of connecting but that would be my my number one tip is so put it where you can see it. Create a daily system for yourself. reach out to others and and tell them I always like to say find three people who really have your back so you might tell several people but pick 3 people who are really going to have your back and help you to be accountable and and usually it's i always call them one is the cheerleader who do you have that's in your corner that tells you you're wonderful no matter what and you can call them and they're going to say you can do this you're awesome are you kidding me you know i admire you you've always been the one who makes things happen blah 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 one should be one of your friends that just really kicks your butt like says, why are you whining? Like, what have you done today? Like you're sitting here talking to me, but like, what, what did you do? You know, have you reached out to this person? The person who's gonna really call you out and say, what, what, are, what are you talking about? Or why, you're, why are we wasting this time? Or yeah, I hate that you're going through this, but like, give me a break. You know what to do. Like that person is just gonna kick your butt. And then you usually I'll have a third friend who's very detailed, meticulous, they're the problem solver. They're the solution-oriented friend. And they will say, okay, let's figure this out. Now, let's look at what you've done. They're, they're able to look at your map. What have you done today? Who did you reach out to? Did you talk to this person? They're very much solution-driven, solution-oriented. Um, that's always the friend I was to people, you know, when they call me up, I immediately go into fix-it mode. And sometimes all that people really need is a cheerleader. And I have a hard time with that. And over the years, I've learned to be different roles to different people. But most people don't know how to be that. So you need to find your friends and know, I'm really feeling down today and I just need a pick-me-up. I'm calling Cheryl. She's always my cheerleader. You know what? Today, I'm just feeling sorry for myself. I need to call my friend Carol because she kicks my butt every single time. You know what? My friend Vicki, she will sit down and go, okay. Let me see your plan. What's your plan? What have you done today? Like, what are you going to do tomorrow? And and those happen to be my my three friends that are like that. (laughs) And and I know what I'm feeling that day and who I need to go to. So I really encourage people to sort of identify those three people that are going to help them be accountable to this. This helps you stay with goals. So you break it down to what you need to do. You know, weekly, daily. And even hourly, what am I going to do in an hour? How am I going to power this hour up? And then having your three friends, keeping it in a place where you can see, and then go out and do the do your research. Like one year we sat down as a family and said, okay, we want to all go to Hawaii next year. And I put that on my goal. I'd gone to one of Jack Canfield's big things for the year. And it was like, you have to do it for career and family and your health. and you know. And I agree with that. So I was like, okay, I do my business all the time, but I really don't set goals for our family stuff. And I should be better about that. So I said, let's all go to Hawaii. And at the end of the year, we had made not any one bit closer to Hawaii. Like nothing, we had made, did nothing. So then the next year, everybody was like, you know what, we don't really wanna go to Hawaii. We wanna go to Disney World because we wanna take the kids. It was gonna be the whole family, grandkids, everybody. So I'm like, okay. So then I put up on the wall, where are we going to stay? And I started researching that and I saw how much it was. And the, and I started to pick out a house that we would all be able to stay in because that would be cheaper than getting three or four different hotel rooms. And then how much our day pass is going to be? Where could I get those maybe on a discount? How can I buy 14 of them? So then how much is our airfare going to be? Telling each of the older children, this is what your airfare is going to be. You need to save for this. It's going to be approximately this. I'm willing to pay this, this, and this. I'll pay for the house. I'm not paying for your airfare. So it was giving them all the things they needed to do so that by the next March, we all went to Disney World. But you can say, I want something and you can put a picture up of it. But if you don't back it out and say, do your research, what do I need to do to make this happen? You're likely to never get there.
0: I love that. I actually don't want you to stop talking. I'm listening to you in complete awe thinking, wow, this is amazing. Like A lot of the things that you're saying, I do already, but I love your power hour idea. I think that that is just absolutely brilliant. I break my day down into small segments during the day, but having that power hour is just fantastic of just going, okay, there's going to be one hour where I'm really going to go hard and nothing else matters. I think that is brilliant. I love your just everything when it comes to having friends that you can count on. I'm blown away. I'm really blown away by all of that. I want you to tell us about the four pillars of success that you mentioned a while ago. And I just want you to mention what those four pillars are.
2: Absolutely. And interesting enough, I've always known sort of these four pillars of success or I've really identified them. And then when I created the power hour, it was built around these four pillars of success. So it completely supports it. Like if you are doing a power hour you're going to end up developing these skill sets. And it's that's what's really interesting is for people that maybe don't have the skill sets, but they are focus. And it's really important. What I love about focus, like focus is my favorite of all. And because focus works, and I want everybody to understand this, focus works both for positive and negative. Like what you focus on is what you will get. And I know a lot of people think, oh, that isn't true. But if you, you go hardcore into focusing on something every day, I'm going to do this every day. I'm doing something for 15 minutes. I'm doing this every single day. You, you'll get there. It's just like practice. If you practice something every day, you will get better no matter what, whether it's a significant thing or an insignificant thing. You know, if if you went out, and my son, he's 33, but he's into this little silly, um, and he's a really good salesperson, but he's super into this little Japanese hand game that you flip a ball. And it's just a silly thing. But he was over here the other day and he was doing all of these tricks. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, I saw some online and I've been hardcore practicing them every day. Like every night after I get done with work, I just go home and I'm practicing these. Every night when I get home from work, I go home and practice these. Like, and so then he comes over to my house and he's it, it's amazing. Like it, like it's mind blowing. And then I it just cracks me up because if he changes his focus and he puts it on something else, then you'll get really good at that. If you go out and shoot a hockey puck with, out to your into a net, you know, for you know, every day, 15 minutes, guess what? You will get better at it. So focus is the number one pillar. Like, you've got to say, what have I done to focus on this today? And for men, they're actually very good at focus. Men are pretty one track minded, like, okay. And they're actually, that's what makes them really good in sales is they're able to say, okay, I'm focused on this. And for women, that frustrates us because we're like, they can only do one thing at a time. But what we do is we, you know, like to claim multitasking is, where we shine and is our greatest asset and it, and it really isn't planning is our greatest asset for women we're planners and that does play out into multitasking sometimes. but when you sit down to make 15 minutes worth of calls and then you think, oh, I better go do this first and then that leads you into I'm gonna go make some coffee now I've got to clean the kitchen oh I'll just throw in a little laundry real quick then I'll go back and I'll make my calls So multitasking is not your friend because it continually takes you away from focus. And women have a harder time with focus than men. It's in our nature to be doing multiple things at the same time, but you have to focus in order to get better at something in order to complete something. So that's number one. Number two is commitment. You've got to be committed. And where this is another problem with society today is, we are a very much an instant gratification society. And so when something you say, I'm going to do this, or I want my business to do this. And then when it doesn't do it straight away, you're like, yeah, yeah, that probably wasn't the best idea. Let me see what else I can figure out. Or I'm going to do it like so-and-so. And you don't stay committed to your plan. You don't stay committed to what it is you want out of this. You don't stay committed to doing exactly what you set out to do. And commitment is a... It's hard for some people today, but you've got to, you know, you got to be in it to win it. I always say, I use this analogy to my audience, but if you have a side hustle and let's say for you, that's your e-commerce business, or you're just starting this, you know, new business and you're still, you know, or you worked a full-time job. I want you to think about this. You go to work every day. And you don't expect your nine to five job. You don't expect to go into work every day and expect yesterday to be better than, you know, every day has got to be better than yesterday. Like you do not have a bad day at work. You have a bad day at work. You come home and you go, whew, glad that's over. You don't look at your coworker and say, you know what? I don't think I'm coming back tomorrow. You suck it up. It's where you work. But somehow with things that really mattered to us, like, uh, our own business that we're going to start, or something, uh, maybe it's a hobby that you really do enjoy and you want to be better at it. You know, we. Just give up on it the minute that it isn't good. I have salespeople that will go out and they'll have a really good sale and then a really good sale and then pick up another really great client. And then they'll have one that's really sucky. And then they're like, I don't even know why I do this. This is a waste of my time. Like they're so ready to throw in the towel. But people don't throw in the towel on a job they hate that they go to day in and day out. They'll stay there for three years, five years, 10 years, 26 years being miserable And they stay committed to that, but they can't be committed to their own dreams Mm. or what something that's really important to them. And so commitment is number two. Consistency is number three. And consistency isn't always sexy or fun. It's doing the same old thing day in and day out. But if you do that enough, it will start to become really comfortable to you And you'll actually be excited about doing it. You'll find joy in doing it because as you do it and you are consistent and you see results, you will know if I would just sit down, focus in on this and do it, man, I'm going to get a result and I just need to, I need to just be consistent. So for those that haven't experienced that yet, be consistent and it helps you. And if you have a sales team, it helps others around you. If you're on video, like if you're going live on Facebook and you have a closed group that you're really speaking to, they need consistency too. Everybody needs consistency. So I used to do meetings, you know, a a local meeting with my sales team every single Monday night in the same hotel at the same time for six years. But I had people show up and they would tell other people, oh, you should go because people knew I was going to be there. You know, we do lives on our Facebook closed group every Wednesday at one o'clock that team now knows every Wednesday at one o'clock. Some people have even scheduled their lunch hour around that, but then they know that night they're going to get home and that live is going to be there at one o'clock. So that consistency is good for me because it makes me do it and not like, Oh my gosh, you know, three weeks have gone by. I haven't even done a live in my group. It helps me because that's when we do a little training and sometimes we go live just for other little messages or whatever, but that's when I kind of do a concentrated training but it also lets my team know she's going to be here live. I recently polled our whole closed group and it's our, it's our paid membership. And I said, what do you love the most about this group? What is your favorite benefit? Cause there's about seven pretty big benefits they get out of it. And hands down, every single one of them was the weekly lives. I love your weekly training. I know I can count on it. I've grown to love it. I can't wait for it. I anticipate it. That's where consistency is key because it helps you create habit patterns. It helps you, allows you to see results, which are amazing, but it causes you to just do it even when you don't feel like it. And it causes people around you to know when to show up or what to expect from you. And that is a good thing as well. And then the fourth one, which isn't the sexy one at all, (laughs) and that's organization and, and I just want to say this to everybody listening, and it's a hard one to swallow, I know, but your lack of organization costs you more time than any other single thing. Any other single thing. And so you have to be organized. If you have particular leads you're trying to reach out to, have your leads in one place, like with your power hour I teach. Grab that folder that just has those leads, new clients I'm trying to reach out to, new people I'm trying to network with, and I pick that up and bam, bam, bam. So even if you have to take your child to soccer practice or dance practice, you, you could literally sit there and on your phone in the car, I have knocked out my 15 minutes with reaching out to a couple of new connections, new clients, and utilizing that time instead of saying, I don't have time tonight, I got to take my daughter to dance practice. It's because you're not organized enough to find your leads, your leads aren't in one place that you can pick it up before you head out the door, and you can sit in your car and make them. So be organized, you know, even things like how your, your closet is organized. And, you know, I've been a huge fan of Marie Hondo and her, her book is brilliant. And then I know she had a TV show as well, but I was into following her way before she became like Netflix, huge sensation, but, um, I took the time to do exactly what she said with my closet, because you can spend, how can you pack in 15 minutes or how can you go somewhere? How can you head out for an appointment? We will spend 45 minutes hunting for that black skirt that you know you have, but your closet is such a hot mess. You can't find it. So it kind of transcends to everything, but especially in your business. So, you know, most people that are entrepreneurs are super creative and organization is actually one of their hardest things because we're so creative. We're so always moving. And then you sometimes have a hot mess around you. But if you will create some systems that you can say, okay, this always goes here and it can be a hot mess in the middle of the day, but at the end of the day, I'm going to put everything back where it belongs. Like have a place for your leads to live. Then you will be more likely to do them.
0: Wow, I am completely in awe of everything you're saying and... I don't think I've ever said what I'm about to say. No, I know I've never said it before. I want everyone who's listening to listen to this at least once a week for at least the next month, only because I want everyone to have this really sink in. I think what you're teaching everyone in today's episode is understanding how to set themselves up for success. And I don't care about your Facebook ads. I don't care about your emails. I don't care about how many people that you're getting in front of on your Instagram. If you have not set yourself up for success the right way with goals and planning and looking at your four pillars of success, then nothing else is going to work long term. And I can honestly say that this episode is the one episode that I can say everyone should listen to at least once a week until it all sinks in properly. Because even for me, who I do most of this myself, I will be going back to listen to this episode because there's so much that you are saying that I know I'm going to take away and say, okay, I need to implement some of these things better. I know that I do a good job, but I know listening to you, I can do things better. So yeah, I just want everyone to know they need to go and listen to this more than once because wow, this has just been mind-blowing.
2: Oh, thank you so much. You know, and I know it works. Like I've been teaching it for a really long time and we get testimonials back constantly. And I know it's worked for me like in my journey. And I teach what I've walked, you know. I'm a very much this is what I do. And what I love about the power hour also is that you can go through a patch. Like recently my dad's very ill. So I had to move my folks here. This was in July and, and he's continued to be ill in the hospital, you know, and and he's now in hospice care and that's been hard and I'm not going to lie. And, and I actually have needed that time and I haven't been able to do like my power hour. Like I should, I haven't had the time, but actually I could have, but you, 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 I needed that time. There's times where you're sad. There's times where you're whatever. But here's what's so awesome about it is there a season of your life, it'll pass or now it's a little bit better. And so now like we have fallen into a routine with my parents on what days I visit, when I call. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous to some people, but I've had to get into a routine with my folks because otherwise it was just, and you're sometimes not doing anything with them, but you're thinking about it all day. And so it's like learning to compartmentalize. Okay, I'm going to go over there after work. On this days, I'm going to sit down. And, and even if, like said, they're, they're real into watching The Voice right now. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go over there and watch it with them because I enjoy it. Usually I record it and watch it when it's convenient for me. But like right now, that's going to be my time with them. And so I've scheduled that in. And so I'm being present there, but now I've been able to go back and say, I need to get back on my power hour for my business and I need to get back to doing the things, calling my 10 people. Like, that's one thing I started two weeks ago and I've been blown away by it. But, like, give yourself permission that all of you can get off of it. But on any given day, you can start back again and you can start to see results again almost immediately. And so, we all go through seasons of our life and we have things that come up. And I know this might sound a little bit callous, but you've got to learn to compartmentalize. Like, how do people get through a really tough time in their life? They say, okay, I'm going to be present here and and this is where it matters. Let me set myself up for how I need to deal with this situation or what is going to be helpful. Maybe it's with a teenage child that you have that is going through a bit of a patch and trouble. What am I going to do to set myself up to be present for that daily? But that doesn't mean that you think about it for 23 more hours. Allow yourself to say, okay, right now it's not time to be sad. It's not time to be concerned. I'm gonna work on my business for the next two hours. And then at at five o'clock, I'm gonna be 100% present with my kids or with my mom and dad. And so, and I'm living that right now. And so I've always taught this to other people because I've gone through different other difficult things in my life. But right now it's fresh, it's happening. It's happening to me today. And I can just say to you, that it's not callous, like learn to compartmentalize because it's still going to be there. You can be present, you can show up, but then you can still do your 10 calls in a day. You can still say, I'm going to do my power hour in a day. So I I don't know. I just, that came to me because I'm dealing with it right now, but it is a thing that throws people off. They'll, they'll hit a patch. They'll hit a crisis in their life. They'll hit something that is really tough And I just had a lady recently, she actually wrote me privately and said she had just been diagnosed with cancer. She, her business is thriving. She doesn't know how to deal with it. And I said, Oh my gosh, uh, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, we'll, we'll pray for you here, but here's what you need to do on cancer days. It's cancer day (laughs) on days. It isn't don't think about it. Like say, okay, I'm I don't have time for this today. I can have time for it tomorrow. If you need to say, I, I, this is my time to meditate. If I want to be sad and I want to cry and I want to be mad, I want to be angry, then set that in your calendar. You know what? This is what I'm going to do this. And I said, if this sounds callous at all, gosh, I don't mean it at all. And I'm so sorry you're going through this, but this this will help you to keep your business running. And she wrote me a year later and said, that was the best advice I could have ever had because I scheduled myself on days to be mad. I scheduled my time to be like, you know, to really look up, do research and be looking for things that I could be doing in addition to my, the chemotherapy, you know, I, I started scheduling time of to spend time with people at my chemotherapy. Like you can come if I got to sit there for this many hours, we can do this or what can I do? And she said, and then on my time that I wasn't, I just said, cancer, I'm not thinking about you today. And I'm I'm, going to spend the time on my business. Like I'm carving this out, but I allowed myself to be sad when I needed to be sad, to be mad when I needed to be mad, to be proactive in my health when I needed to be proactive and healthy things to eat and supplements to take in addition to whatever else I was getting. And I made it through. I made it through at the end of the year. Um, Right now my cancer is in remission and my business didn't suffer at all. So I know that that to some people sounds like, oh, wow, I can't believe she just said that. But we all go through things, every one Mm -hmm. of us. And that will help you to kind of stay on track.
0: It's so true. And I think we as women find that callous. I can imagine a lot of women do, but I'm sure that there's most men out there saying, yeah, of course you do it that way. (laughs) I think that that's (laughs) very much the female thing that we think along those lines. And I know I've got four stepkids. Yeah. They're all under the age of 16 and they're here for 50% of the week. And I have to do that as well, where I might have the most important thing on my mind, but I'm like, okay, the kids are here. That's all that matters right now. And I have to really set my day based on, what I want to achieve that day based on what I have going on. So I'm very good now. And I was single for a long time. I was a nomad for a long time. I traveled the world and I lived out of a suitcase and I could do anything whenever I wanted to do it. Whereas now I do have to set very clear intentions with my day. And I've learned to do that and it does make a huge difference. And while I'm with the kids, I'm focused on the kids and nothing else matters. When the kids are not here, I do not think about it. So one rule that I have is I do not do any of the laundry while the kids are not here. I make sure I fit that around everything else. That way I'm not running off to do my laundry while I'm meant to be working on my business. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Belinda, you have been amazing. I would love you to tell us where people can reach out to you. You've got your podcast work from your happy place that everyone should go and check out because you have lots of great guests on there as well. And you've got so much great information to share with everyone, but where else can people contact you?
2: They can find us at stepintosuccess.com. And I would say to everybody listening that you'll go there and it is a lot surrounded around direct sales, but these are the same principles that I teach. And I have lots of people that have picked up different programs that we have or different tools that we have that aren't in direct sales. And they're like, oh my gosh, changed my business. We're working on some products that are more generic. But right now, there's such a wealth of information that you can find there. And one of those is our 2020 planner. And it is thought out to the last degree that you could ever imagine as far as a planner goes. It's actually designed to go January through December, but it's got the next three months in there so that you can already start planning your next year's quarter you know, in at the end of the year. And so that you can then transfer that to your new book, but it's got vision board. It's got places for the power hour. It's got places for your stats. It's got places for, it's got the month at a glance. It's got the week at a glance. It actually has slots, time slots for starting at six in the morning and going all the way to 1030 at night, because a lot of entrepreneurs are working you know, not just your standard hours. And so it's a pretty awesome tool. And we ship to the US to Canada. I just recently found a shipper, uh, a, a person that's going to house it and ship for us in the UK. And we also have a facility, a warehouse that ships for us in Australia. So and New Zealand. So we're kind of getting it covered now, but um, that is where we ship to currently.
0: I love it. And just so everyone knows, I'm going to be using that planner once I finish mine. Mine's a three-month journal that I use. And what I love is exactly what you just said, Belinda, the fact that yours goes until 10.30 at night, mine only goes till nine. And being in Europe and having calls in the US, I'm constantly having to book people in late at night and I can't add that into my calendar or the fact that the way yours is set out is a little bit more business focused, whereas the one I use is more life focused, which is really good, but I really want that business focus. So I'm moving over to yours as soon as I finish mine. And if anyone needs to get planned in Getting their schedule organized properly, then I highly guarantee that a journal is going to change your life. Every single one of my friends that I've put onto it and my clients has just come back to me and gone, Wow, this really does make a difference. And I swear by them. I started doing a, a planner journal about two years ago, three years ago, and I just adore them. I think that I can't live without it now.
2: I know, and Alan, statistics show that people are 33% more productive with the planner that they write in. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't use your, your digital. I still use a uh, a Google Calendar. Like I still Mm -hmm. like go on there and have my appointments on there. So if I'm out and about, I can check real quick. But I just want everybody to understand the difference here. When you use a digital application, you are being reactive. Meaning I talk to Caroline, she tells me we have an appointment at 10 a.m. I put it into my calendar. That is a reactive situation. But if I look at my planner and I see where I have the holes, I see, oh, I don't have anything scheduled on that Thursday and I want to do something every Thursday. I want people scheduled in on that. I need to get on the phone. I need to make a couple phone calls to get that Thursday booked. That's being proactive. And it's very difficult sometimes to see a digital application in a whole month at a glance and all of the details of where you have the holes. And so that's what I really feel. And I feel that they, they both have their place. Like I said, I use both. Mm, But I am very, very proactive when I look at my month at a glance and I see I've got space here to make things happen. What am I going to do instead of just waiting till somebody books something and becoming reactive? This has been fun. I've
0: enjoyed it so much. I'm so grateful. And like I said, I want everyone to go back and listen to this episode at least once a week for at least a month and really get it in because you shared so much information today, Belinda. It has really, even for me who knows a lot of this, still got so much out of this. And I think a lot of people will be overwhelmed thinking I'm not going to be able to do all of this, but We're near the end of the year. It's coming into 2020. You have time to get yourself organized for the new year and really start 2020. It's like you said, it's the start of a new chapter, more than just being a new year and make it happen, make it in 2020 really, really amazing. And Belinda, you have shared so many bits of gold that people can really take action on. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure all my listeners will be very grateful as well. So thank
2: you. You can also check us out at Belinda Ellsworth, Direct Selling Expert. That's our business page for Step Into Success. And We are constantly posting things there. Like every time a podcast lands, we put the work from your happy place information on there, as well as lives that we do about a variety of different training topics. So I would encourage people to go like that page and follow it because we constantly have really, and I've got a social media trainer on my staff. And so she alternates with me putting really awesome social media tips on there on building your business online as well as offline.
0: Fantastic. So Belinda, thank you for joining us. And until next week, everyone keep smiling. Have a great day and see you soon. Bye. Sign up for free for the Shopify approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast.